This is Butch and Adrian. Three and twenty. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Loan Box, Gangster. everybody welcome to this episode of thinking outside the long box another great interview episode and today we are super excited to have david ajala from uh, star trek discovery on uh david how are you this morning man i'm real good thank you thank you for having me of course so first things first you know we got to talk about what it's like to work with probably one of the biggest science fiction properties known to man. You know, you really only have two things that people want as dream jobs when it comes to sci-fi. It's either Star Wars or Star Trek. What has it been (laughs) like working with such an important, you know, important product? It's been, um, it's been really, really special, you know, and I think what's so special about being a part something like Star Trek is it's been part of popular culture, you know, for north of 50 years, nearly 60 years now. I think it's because of how effective it is in its execution of social commentary, inclusivity and diversity. And also, I think there's something really special about being given an invitation to explore the depths of your imagination in space and to freely, literally go beyond where no other person has ever gone before. I think that's a really cool, exciting thing to be a part of. So when, you know, when you get there, you know, they're giving you scripts, they're presenting you with like the ideas that you're going to be working with on Star Trek. Was there like a giddy little kid moment where you're like, oh, this is exactly what I was waiting for. And and what was the thing that really triggered that kid moment? (laughs) I think it was probably, yeah, it would, I mean... Reading the first episode of season three was pretty amazing because I knew we were going a thousand years into the future. It was also a mystery for myself because the show's introducing a new character, Cleveland Booker, and we're also a thousand years into the future. So as I'm reading the scripts, I'm trying to see the futuristic things and the things which have been imagined and invented that we might expect in a thousand years into the future. Then also it's really interesting to find touchstones of the essence of Star Trek and those things that fans look at and see and recognize from the various iterations of Star Trek. So that was really cool, mixing the old school with the new school. I think for me, the giddy kind of little kid moment came when I stepped on set of the bridge for the first time. Yeah, that that, that was pretty dope. (laughs) Yeah, I... I can only imagine, you know, as like a, as a lifelong fan of Star Trek, like I I grew up total nerd, you know, sitting in my basement on Friday nights watching, you know, original and next generation, like every weekend. And so they became kind of my friends because I was, you know, an only child and whatnot. So watching this new version of it, it is awesome because I feel like the show has matured in many of the same ways that I've matured, but unfortunately mm-hmm. it, causes, it causes controversy because there's things like, you know, overt sexuality and swearing and things like that. How have you felt the fan reaction has, has affected you when it comes to some of those more controversial moments in discovery? Well, I think Star Trek as a franchise and Star Trek discovery 
just so happens to be science fiction, but in essence, it's always about storytelling. And I think storytelling should be authentic and it should edify you, entertain you. And then also, I think primarily, it should make you feel something. It should make you feel something just to remind you of the connection that we have, even with strangers on a monitor, on a screen. So when it comes to, you know, controversial things which may arise from the TV series, if it stirs about conversation, then it served its purpose, not for any kind of gimmick, um, but if it served, it served its purpose, if it's causing people, excuse me, it's a little busy right here. That's okay. It will serve its purpose if it's caused people to engage in conversations, which is really important. But I think storytelling should be authentic. Absolutely. For me personally, I think the fans of the show, some may have positive things to say, some may have negative things to say, positive, negative. I think if you're going to read the comments, you should read both positive and negative because I think there's something to learn from the two I don't think it's fair to just read the negatives nor do I think it's fair to just read the positives that's awesome like it you know it's got to be difficult because people are very passionate about Star Trek and you know it's a it's a it's a different thing you know I I love it like just so we're on just so we're on the same page like I think it's (laughs) um sure it's really special (laughs) It it is like it's it's really interesting. Like the the two or the three newer movies, and then Star Trek Discovery. You know they've managed to modernize Star Trek in a in a way that I think is is important and inventive. When when you're looking at like older versions of Star Trek versus the one that you're working on, are there moments where you think that it's updated too far, or like moments where you wish they would have dug deeper into like the older versions of the show, or do you like the way that it is? That's a really good question. I mean, it's, it presents the challenge in itself because, you know, even though we're going from different iterations to Star Trek and what should happen is it should be a constant evolution of concepts, of styles, of thinking, but at the same time, you do want to keep the essence of Star Trek and keep that consistency because it is like an heirloom that's being passed on from generation to generation. So naturally, it will morph and we'll have a different vibe about it. I think the challenge is always going to be finding the balance between having the old school stuff and the new school stuff and just finding that sweet spot. I will say that in season three, throughout the season, you will see wonderful touchstones that give a direct nod to the, the various iterations of Star Trek from the past. You know, it, it's awesome because, you know, at the very beginning of the interview, we talked about how there's like these two major properties in science fiction, Star Wars and Star Trek, which, you know, we, people can bicker about, but whatever. They're both super important for totally different reasons. <laughs> And sure. watching watching the third season of Discovery has been a very similar experience to watching the second season of Mandalorian, where they've cherry picked these things, you know, from mm-hmm. Star Trek or Star Wars Episode One or Star Trek Next Generation, and kind of funneled them into like this new version of both things. You know, I feel like they're doing that very effectively. When when you're looking at you know, other properties, do you have those like kind of, oh yeah, we're awesome moments when compared to like <laughs> other shows, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of rebuilding that rivalry a little bit? Definitely. I think it's, um, that rivalry 
I think it's, it may be unspoken, but I think it's healthy because I think it's constantly going to force each other, the two different entities to bring out the best in each other. I look at it like iron sharpens iron, you know, and if that rivalry means that it's going to bring out better ideas, more forward thinking ideas that I'm all for it. But I, I literally just think about season three of Star Trek. And I know today, November 18th, uh, episode six is going to air. And I think about the stuff that we managed to achieve in this episode and then going forward throughout the season. And there's some really, really cool forward thinking stuff that we did. And I'm really excited for the fans to see it and to embrace it because, um, yeah, they, they definitely dug deep in this season. That's awesome. So, you know, you had, you had talked about how Star Trek is such an important part of, like, popular culture because of its ability to touch on, on social issues. You know, there's always these underlying, like, you know, ideas revolving around race and sexuality and, and just in general what it means to be, like, an exploratory force. You know, there's, there's ideas of, you know, anti-colonization and, like, you know, those sorts of things. What do you think speaks to you the most when it comes to dealing with like the social ideas in, in Star Trek? I think it's about, for me, I think the one thing that really speaks to me the most is the diversity and inclusivity. I'll never forget. Here's a a little story that's going to answer this question. I remember in drama school, we were graduating from drama school and then we had this session with one of our teachers and the session was almost like um, preparing you for the, uh, for the industry and for the world after you left drama school. And I remember this teacher said to me, David, who are your favorite actors? And I said to him, you know, uh, very trippingly off the tongue, I said, Oh, my favorite actors have to be in no particular order, Adrian Lester, Denzel Washington and Will Smith. I grew up with these actors. There's, there's three of some of my favorite actors. And he said, oh, David, you might want to be careful with that. I said, why? He said, because all those three actors are black. You might be accused of being racist. I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah. I was like, really? And I thought about it. And at the time, I didn't really have uh, the rebuttal to challenge his perception. But um, over time, I've just found more and more clarity. And the reason why those three actors... Um, were my favourite for various different reasons because growing up, I used to love watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Adrian Lester's a fantastic classical actor and was great on a show called Hustle on the BBC. And Denzel Washington is just super cool with the most amount of swagger and talent. I saw versions of myself on TV. May have been older versions, but nonetheless, it was versions of myself and it made me think, oh, wow, they're able to kind of tell my story, especially with someone like Adrian Lester, who's a Brit. And what it allowed me to understand is the importance of who we are as people and the wonderful things that make us different, being able to see that on screen. Whatever race you are, whatever your sexuality, whatever your um, social economic background, whatever, all the various different rainbows, humans in a rainbow that can exist, it's a weird analogy, I want to see that on TV. And I think people should be able to have the freedom to celebrate seeing their representation on TV without being pro anything equating to anti this. Just because my favorite three actors happen to be black, I'm not anti anything else. 
Oh, I um, Gabe, I love grapes. And then you say to me, you love grapes. What about pineapples? What about oranges? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like it, it you it know, doesn't. a lot of my favorite actors are Hispanic for the same reason, because I see mm-hmm. a little bit of myself in them. I'm not as cool as any of them, but close enough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So you, you know, you've worked on a bunch of other, you know, genre specific stuff like Jupiter Ascending and Supergirl and things like that. One thing that I was really curious about is, you know, working with the Wachowskis on Jupiter Ascending, like that had to be pretty amazing. And I was wondering, like, how did working on Jupiter Ascending, you know, compare to working on Star Trek Discovery? Obviously in Discovery, you know, you're, you know, a bit more front and center than you are we're in Jupiter ascending, but still like how, how did those two experience or how do those two experiences compare? Well, they're both obviously science fiction, but then it's forward thinking science fiction in concepts in ideas and um, in execution. I think one, one of the wonderful things I really enjoyed working with the Wachowskis on um, Jupiter ascending was just their wild imagination. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it was so brilliant that their, their, their minds and the fact that they're siblings and they're so in sync with each other when they're directing was just, it was really impressive to, um, to be a part of that. I guess, you know, you always want to collaborate with people who have interesting minds, who have a story that they want to share and who have passion. And the Wachowskis have that in abundance. Similarly to Star Trek Discovery, I think, Things I enjoyed about both projects was just being able to be in a world that doesn't exist yet. There's something very exciting about that because you literally feel like you're working, you're walking on virgin sand, you know, and you're able to create, you know, and that there's something quite freeing about that. Because it doesn't exist, you have so much liberty and freedom to create. I've never thought about it like that since answering it just now. <laughs> That's awesome. I it's it's a really cool concept, you know, to be able to deal with the future as opposed to like something historical or something current, because like you said, it's not, since it's not real, it can be literally anything you want it to be. And that's, that's pretty awesome. So it opens up your imagination a lot more without limitations of having to be accurate, historically accurate and what have you. My, my, sorry, my son just got an achievement on Xbox that, that just big time. (laughs) How old is your son? Uh, What's that? How old is your son? Uh, He is 16. He's he's going to be 13 in January. Right. Okay. Fair play. Yeah. (laughs) My computer dinged. I was like, oh, man, I forgot I had connected that. (laughs) Um, So as we kind of get towards the end of the interview, what, you know, COVID has made everything weird. Like, you know, it's put a lot of things on pause and like, you know, put things on hold. But I've been noticing that over the last like, you know, month, month and a half, like actors are starting to have things that are coming up again, you know, as opposed to, you know, I don't know what's next. Everything's on hold. So, you know, if you do, what are some of the things that you have upcoming that we can look forward to? There is one of the things I can speak about. Happily, the other thing I can't, unfortunately. So um, one of the things that um, is coming up soon, I'm not sure when it's going to be released, is a work and title movie. Uh, it stars Vanessa Kirby, who I've worked with before, who's just uh, very, very wonderful. 
wonderful lady, super talented. And it's directed by Adam Leon, who is really, really cool to work with. Just, I've been really blessed to work with some really fantastic directors. And Adam is one of them. And that movie will be out soon. I don't want to say too much about it because it sounds so ambiguous, which is a bit annoying. Because if I speak about it, it will spoil it straight away. And I'm not sure when they promote it, how much information they're going to give away. Oh, that's awesome. But it's a really cool psychological movie. And the other gig... Is cool. (laughs) Cool with one C, 10 O's. Sorry, one C, yeah. 10 O's and one L. Nice. Maybe a couple exclamation marks at the end too. And maybe a couple exclamation marks at the end. (laughs) Happy you can throw them in. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, because we started late, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We've still got five minutes, so it's all good. Okay, cool. So when you're (laughs) kind of, I guess my last question is, you know, you've done, like I said, you've done Supergirl, you've done Star Trek Discovery, you've done, you know, um, you've been in Fast and Furious, you've been in uh, uh, Jupiter Rising, you've been in like all these major like things. Is there a franchise that you have, you know, seen, you know, you've been a fan of for years that, you know, you would love to be a part of? Or if there's not, is there somebody that you've never had the chance to work with that you'd love to work with? Yeah, there are a couple of franchises I would love to be a part of because I know I would score a lot of brownie points in my household, (laughs) in my family. Actors that I would love to work with. Oh, there's a few, but um, I, I would love to share the screen with Denzel Washington. Yeah. I think he's, he's a really awesome, awesome actor. And recently I watched a movie, which I didn't know much about, but someone recommended it. It's called The Hurricane. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's really, really special in that, fi- in that film. So he's someone I would love to work with. Absolutely. And I would love to collaborate with Christopher Nolan again, yeah. because our time collaborating was far too short. Awesome director. He is he is genuinely one of my favorite directors. Like and I'm I'm a movie dork. I watch too many movies probably. <laughs> and he's he's definitely one of the best. You know, when yeah. when you're when you're talking about about brownie points in your household, you know, for, for working on a particular thing, was there somebody like in your family that was like, oh shit, Star Trek? Like, did somebody yeah. freak out about that? <laughs> Yeah, a few. I mean, like, all of my siblings. I have uh, five siblings. I'm five siblings. I'm one of uh, six. Wow. Older brother, older brother, older brother, myself, younger brother, sister. And it was great to share it with them. You know, it really, really was because they didn't see it coming. And it was just a wonderful thing for us to kind of celebrate together. And my sister, bless her, she posted something on Twitter a few days ago. And she wrote, my brother is in a whole Star Trek. Can't believe it's still pinching myself. And it just, it made me chuckle. It was really, really sweet because um, we celebrate each other. So my win is her win. Her win is my win. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's cool to see people. So we talked to tons of people like across the board, independent movies, comic books, actors, directors, and big features, all of it. And I have yet to come across an actor or director or anybody that 
comes across as stuffy. And like, when you guys talk about your families, like, I think it's really important for our viewers and listeners to, to hear that sort of thing that, you know, you guys are normal people too. And that like, if I worked on Star Trek, my wife would absolutely shit her pants, you know, (laughs) you know, and I'm sure it's very similar for your family because we don't know where we're going to end up when we're, when we're young and you grow up with these people and you end up doing these amazing things. For me, it's just talking to you, you know, that's my amazing thing. And for you, it's being able to work on Star Trek. And I love these moments because it makes me feel like, you know, I may never speak to you again, but I feel like we have that a friendship, you know, and in, in that Absolutely. interview moment, and it's really cool because I think it's important for people to be able to divorce that hero worship of actors, you know. One hundred percent. I think, like in this moment now, as we're speaking, we're kindred spirits because we're talking about things that we love and have a passion about, you know. And when I mentioned Christopher Nolan as one of my favorite directors, who I'd love to collaborate with, you being a movie buff, you've seen so many of his films and you appreciate his work. And I also feel that. When, when we create the work that we do on set um, as actors, as directors, as cinematographers, we create it and then the work is for you, the fans. It's no longer ours, it's your gift. We give it to you freely. And I think there's something quite special about that sharing, you know, because it's only special because of the person who's receiving the gift. It's, awesome. it's, yeah, we're, we're, we're special, but you, you guys are special too for receiving it, you know? And I kind of like that vibe me too it's better it is like i you know i i try not to get too freaked out when i'm talking to new people and like people that are i mean you're in an important show that's one of the tent poles of like an entire streaming service no pressure you know and (laughs) and and is is really creating like a new version of (laughs) Oh, oh. Our family's here. Is this is your daughter? Hi. Hi. What? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's say hello. Let's say hello. Hey, Hi. it's all good. This is my hello. She makes very frequent appearances in these. <laughs> this is David Ajala. He is nice to meet you. He's one. I of like your people. hat. Oh yeah, that's her Louise hat. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is a very cool hat. He's one of the uh, main actors on Star Trek Discovery that Mom and I just watched all weekend. Yeah, Mom loves Star Trek. Uh, yeah, she does. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. So hopefully you'll get to check it out as well in the future. Oh, yeah. I probably will. Yeah, she... Why not? Love, love that. Love that. That's a high five for you. Catch it. Boom. Can you catch his high five? No, I can't catch anything, so... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well, as as we're wrapping up, David, thank you so much for being on the show. How can our fans, you know, find out what's coming out next, especially with uh with your secret project and all that sort of yeah. thing? All right. Yeah, um just uh keep uh paying attention. Um I like to be on social media platforms. I'm there and I think I'm there on social media platforms for people who have an interest in the work that I do and to have an interest in things that are not necessarily connected with my work. It's nice to connect, you know. That's um, awesome. And to be accessible sometimes. So, yeah, continue to share the love and um, share positive energy and good vibes because that's what makes the world go round. 
That's awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for being on the show. We really Pleasure. appreciate it. Star Trek is awesome. I can't wait to see the new episode coming out. Like we're, we're I caught up. I spent a whole weekend con- catching up. Thank you. So amazing. Good. I, I watch you for like six straight hours. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going for a treat for um the next episode, episode six. That's awesome. So enjoy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Walks podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albie is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a barren space production.